It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. NFL Cutdown Day was yesterday, and of course, there's a lot to reflect on, some trades, some unresolved issues. We're breaking it all down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's Guys, being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode. We appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Have you caught your breath yet? No. Swimming in it. Swimming, Kyle. Fully swimming. And we're not done yet. The Marcus no. Peters quote, I think we ain't done yet. Today's going to be crazy, too. <laughs> crazy, Perhaps crazier. Well, yeah, so you're today's more gymnastics, right? Yesterday was kind of strategic decisions, and, and teams have these extreme versions of their rosters where they have unsustainable numbers in surplus or in scarcity at certain position rooms like the Patriots with one quarterback and two running backs, right? You look at that and it's like, hey, y'all got some work to do, right? But it's strategically, I, I guess that's the, we know what we have. We know who we don't want to risk exposing to the waiver wire. We're going to keep these guys and then we'll put players on IR or we'll put players on whatever. And then from there, we can stash and readjust. So uh, your team's roster might look funny, and that's okay because it's not done yet. It never is done, though, really, right? right. I mean, but you want to set the, the the bolt nuts and bolts of the thing here before week one, but it's a fluid situation all season long. Kyle, you mentioned the Patriots. One quarterback on the roster, two running backs, two tight ends. The one quarterback, Mac Jones. Is he the starter? Will Belichick admit yeah. that he's the starter at this point? Yes. I would venture a guess to say that Belichick acknowledges that he is the starter. The The interesting part here is Bailey Zappi. He gets released or waived, excuse me, and he's subject to waivers. And you never know in terms of who gets claimed and who doesn't. But, I mean, there were a point in time last year where some people thought Bailey Zappi could potentially – take over that job from Mac Jones and happy mania fast forward a few months. And he didn't make the opening 53. They were comfortable exposing him to all 31 other teams. 
for them to have an opportunity to sign him. Now, if they sign him, there's a calculated choice. He has to be signed to the active roster. I'm sure a lot of teams would love to get him on their practice squad. And maybe that's kind of the thought process here as well. Maybe nobody's going to make that claim and put him on the 53. And if he has his choice of practice squads, probably comes right back to New England. But New England's certainly making a choice here. You know, I don't know if, you know, Brian Horrier's always a phone call away. So there's there's always that dynamic for the Patriots. But well, rolling I think with Mac Jones. I think the really interesting layer is the Bill O'Brien connection. So now you can tap into, we know Nate Peter, Nathan Peterman got cut. Oh, God. It's a connection in Houston. Do it. Do it. I'm just saying. Nathan Peterman on the Patriots. Let's go. Presuming they they don't just bring back Bailey Zappi, but why would you cut a fourth-round pick if your intention was to bring him back and not carry another quarterback anyway? Like, they'll go get somebody who's played in this offense before, and they'll push play and move on. Because that's what they do. Because that's what they do. Uh, not the only young player uh, who found himself off of a team that made a reasonable draft investment in him. Joey had two fifth round picks from this year's draft who did not make their teams. And they're both corners. Makes it even more surprising. Right. Darius Rush with the Indianapolis Colts. He was a top 150 pick. And then Caillou Blue Kelly. I don't know the pick for him off the top of my head. I can find it, but Once upon a time, Caillou Blue Kelly was like a buzzy day two, fairly early day two candidate in a lot of mock drafts at Stanford. And um, both of those guys not making their respective rosters is a surprise. And you see, you know, fifth, sixth round picks each and every year that that don't make their team. So it's not a huge surprise. But like fifth rounds kind of getting up into that stratosphere where it does raise your eyebrow a little bit to be like, man, like they really couldn't get any traction going for themselves. And they're both surprising to me. I guess maybe, well, no, I can talk myself in either one, but I like to start with Kyle Blue Kelly, who, like you mentioned, a lot of mock draft love for him, at least kind of early last year. And I understood it. I thought he had good tape at Stanford, NFL bloodlines, physical, he tackles. Good athlete. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I And that's the side of it where I don't, I've never met the guy. I've never, I don't know what his actual football intelligence is like. I don't know what his practice habits are like. And, I, and that all plays into it. It's not just, well, that was a really good player at Stanford that I thought had the makeup of a potential NFL starter. You know, it's it's not just that. Um, but w- w- I'm sure, you know, he's going to get more opportunity. But that was definitely a head scratcher. And then, of course, Darius Rush, man, like the Colts, big time need at corner. They've really overhauled that room in a lot of ways with trading away Stephon Gilmore, losing Isaiah Rogers, who's now an Eagle. So let's just wait for that to work out next right. year for yeah, Howie, right? Nope. That'll turn out great for Philly next year. Sure it will, but like, I mean, I watched Darius Rush had a pick six against the Bills in the opening preseason game. I, I, I mean, this wasn't a player worth keeping around. I mean, again, they could lean back into those other dynamics that we are not privy to, but two very toolsy corners with some significant upside that had good college tape. You know, Darius Rush, big-time athlete with big-time length. I mean, that's pretty much what the NFL is looking for. And the Colts right. team that you would think needs that said, you know what? Goodbye. I I already called my shot with you in the pre-show. I'm looking at a team like Arizona, who the waiver wire is currently still predicated on last year's draft order. They're up there in the top three. Yep. I've seen that cornerback room. I'll tell you what. 
I'd probably be claiming some of these corners and bringing them in, trying to see if I can un- uncover some acorns. But, you know, Indianapolis, you know, there's two rookies uh, that that beat out um, Darius Rush and Juju Brents, who was a second-round pick, so that one's yep. not a surprise. Uh, Jalen Jones from Texas A&M was a seventh-round pick. I like Jalen too, man. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that that's the name there. There's six total corners. Uh, the two inside guys, Kenny Moore and, and Tony Brown. Tony Brown, formerly Alabama. Uh, Daryl Baker was the other one who Indianapolis fans ha- have said, you know, really came on strong in the 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 preseason and, and this training camp. And he was an undrafted free agent in 2022 out of Georgia Southern. So, um they got they still got a lot of size. A lot of these guys six yeah. foot plus. Still got a lot of length. I don't know. I if I were to cross reference the Colts and the position of this team this year, and I'm looking, did we need to keep Drew Ogletree as a fifth tight end on the roster with you know, Will you Mallory, know. Kylan Granson, Ali Mo Ali Cox, who I know is might be on the way out. I know Jelani Woods is dealing with an injury right now, but. Is, is Drew Ogletree or Arlington Hambright? And I guess if you want to say offensive line, Carter O'Donnell, you would talk about offensive line depth and the needs there. Like, okay, I get it. But it, that would have been a player I, I still would have tried to, because of his tools, I still would have tried to find a way to keep him on. Jalen Jones, the name there that really stands out. I like that guy. Five-star recruit. I think there was some, I mean, two years ago, that Texas A&M secondary was really, really good. I like Jalen Jones. He's, he's the silver lining here in this, uh, this discussion. All right, folks, there was a bunch of trades that happened. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment, but first these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it's so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. And then once you do, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, Joe. So you have the full breakdown of the trades, correct? Sort of. Not the kicker ones. Yeah, I think I got them. I think I got them. Okay. Because I know we had done some pre-show prep and collecting and obviously a you-know-what ton of information that we're sorting our way through here. Over 900 cuts yesterday, Kyle. 900. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. So... What trade would you like to start with? 
Um, let's start with the first one, which I think was Calvin Joseph for Noah Igbenogany. Mm. A couple of yeah, first rounder and Noah Igbenogany was uh, Calvin Joseph a three, two, two. I, so I think the, Calvin Joseph was a top fifty pick. Yeah. If I remember, couple, couple of high picks at corner swapping teams. I feel like you're going to have more to say about this one than me. So go go right ahead. Yeah. Calvin Joseph was drafted 44th overall in 2021. Noah Benogany wow. was drafted 30th overall in 2020. High picks. High picks. Swap them around. See if my the bust. change of scenery can work. My bust for your bust, right? Um, Noah is predominantly an outside corner. Uh, I don't think his instincts are, are going to put him in a position in Dallas to play on the inside. Um, I, I think... Uh, Calvin Joseph probably has a little bit more appeal as an inside player. That's where the Dolphins are kind of needy right now, where you look at their cornerback room after Ramsey goes on IR. It's going to be Xavier Howard, Cater Kohu, who can play the nickel and will be the nickel when they go three corners. But then their other corners are Cam Smith, who I think as a rookie would benefit from being an outside guy and, and having a safety play over the top of him and all these Fangio split field coverages. And then Eli Apple. So I think having a little bit of a different body type in this room is probably helpful uh, for Miami. And obviously there's the sting of the first round pick status for Noah and they threw him in the fire. Joe, you remember Noah Benogany's first reps because when Byron Jones went down against Buffalo in that what week two game in 2020 Mm -hmm. and they trotted his rear end out there and Stefan Diggs said, okay, here we go. Welcome to the league, buddy. And it never came back from there. His confidence never recovered. It sounds like he, he talked to training camp when I was down there. Uh, he really struggled with the weight of expectations and being a first round pick and having to find himself through that. He was very transparent about that when he spoke with the media, when he was made available. So I hope that the change of scenery will do good for for Noah, uh, he works really hard. He's a phenomenal athlete. The instincts and coverage just aren't there. And he was a former wide receiver who played two years a corner in, in Auburn. He's only 23 years old. I think it's a nice bet for Dallas on an elite athlete. I didn't really. He's 23. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, young athletic player. That's, that's the appeal for Dallas. Yep. And then you mentioned Calvin Joseph provides a, a skill set for Miami that might be missing. I think there's probably some salary stuff here that's interesting, right? I, I'm sure freeing up Noah's contract helps yeah, Miami so a little bit. No, Noah had marginal. I, I would venture to say it's probably a push. Miami gets an extra year of player control with Calvin Joseph, two years remaining mm-hmm. on his contract versus Noah's in it coming into his fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami had just like a little bit of dead money, but obviously they didn't exercise a fifth year option. So uh, I'd say it's probably pretty close to a push, but Miami gets an extra year player control with Calvin Joseph. So the next trade that went down was one that affects me. Boogie Basham, Bill's second round pick in 2021, uh, goes to the Giants along with a seventh round pick in 2025 for the massive return of a sixth round pick in 2025. So future picks. Yeah, future future (laughs) picks. Future late day three pick swap for a 2021 second round pick. Um. I think for the for the Bills, moving on from Boogie Basham speaks to the depth that they have on the edge. I mean, it's obviously a missed pick by Brandon Bean. There's no question about it. And even if he made the Bills roster, 
He's at best defensive end four. And when Von Miller's back, he's defensive end five, which for a year three second round pick, that's not good enough, right? Yeah. So no matter how you spin it, it winds up being a bad pick for the Bills and a, a curious one because the year before they picked AJ Epinesa in the second round. And then the day before they picked Greg Rousseau in the first round. And so there was this influx of young defensive end talent. It looks like Greg Rousseau is going to be what they want him to be. Epinesa is coming along as a nice depth player, not a starter. Um, and so they, you know, they signed Leonard Floyd. They had Shaq Lawson, who's good for the bills at least. And then Kingsley Jonathan's really the story here. Uh, UDFA out of Syracuse. He pushes Boogie Basham off and sends him to the giants. The bills get a little bit of cap space, not much. Um, but obviously a dump here, you know, they, they dumped the guy. And I thought Boogie had a good, good camp in preseason. He was playing a little faster, showing a little bit more hand usage. And I think for the giants, yeah versatile front with what Wink Martindale is going to do there. A guy in Boogie that I think can reduce and play inside. He's a high effort player. He's very athletic in terms of measured athleticism. I think he can help that team where they they needed some help. So good. I think it's a good move for Basham to get more opportunity, but obviously there's a black eye here for the Bills with a recent second round pick and what the return was. Is it fair to say probably the same thing that we're hoping happens with Isaiah Simmons playing for Wink is the same thing that happens to Boogie where this is a little bit more of an attack oriented defense and you could just be a little bit more reactive and just go and just hope that the the athleticism can take over a little bit more in that kind of stylistic defense. Yeah, and I think for the Giants to be able to get those two players for, for nothing, right? <laughs> Let's face right. it, for right. nothing um is is a nice little right before the season boost of talent for your defense. And I think there is a, I'm not going to call Wink's defense simple, but I think it is like you mentioned, very attack oriented and it allows athletes to be athletes. Yeah. And, and I think that helps both players. And so there's going to be this interesting dynamic for both Cardinals fans and bills fans to see how their guys go do somewhere else. And it might be better. And it might just be a sim- simple explanation as well. It was always, that's a better situation for, for yeah. the player. So, yeah. So then we got to uh, Albert Okuwebanam. And a big shout out to you. Uh, when he was coming through the process, we repped that. We repped that pronunciation. Pretty, yeah, him and Amani Owuarie. You know what I mean? Like, for, somehow the pronunciation police can keep the cuffs in their back pocket. You're not coming after me for hey, these guys. Can, can I say one name? Just to, to set the record straight. Yeah. Dallas Goddard. We always I, say Goddard. Yeah, it's been an Eagles fan who must DM me three times every time an we Eagles talk fan. about Dallas Goddard. It's an undercover pronunciation police officer, obviously. Correct. Yes. So I, I want to, I'll say three times the charm, Dallas Goddard. Okay. The message has been received. <laughs> Please don't DM me anymore. At least about Dallas Goddard. You could DM me about other stuff, but don't DM me about Dallas Goddard. Hey, look, it, it's an evolution of the pronunciation police. They're not just hanging, you know, arresting people and putting them behind bars. We want to help you. You know, that's I can appreciate that. Like, hey, this is you're not saying it correctly. Here's how you say it. How about that? As opposed to you're disrespecting this entire family's ancestry because you didn't say their name correctly. Okay, Albert Elkowebanam was traded to the Philadelphia traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. So is <laughs> Albert O and a a seven for a five. This is what you were hoping for with Boogie Basham. This is what I was hoping for with Basham. Got the six instead. 
It's a nice dice roll for Philly. Absolutely. And it was originally announced that Oka Wegmanon was going to get cut. So this was one of those last few hours. Oh, Howie, let me pick up the phone. I'll call, call up Denver and see if we can work something out. It's a nice dice roll when you consider, you know, Philly and their the rest of their tight end room. It's they've been swinging on some what like Grant Calcaterra was a guy that they drafted last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he had such a weird path, like retired, came back, yeah, went he was to SMU. Oklahoma, and he was good, and then he retired, and then the whole he thing was weird. And yeah. like it's a mess, right? Tons uh, of concussions. But yes, he was a six round pick in twenty twenty two, and then Jack Stoll is the other tight end on the roster. So you get like this influx of this big athletic player who hasn't really been able to put it together yet. I actually saw it was courtesy of Ben Albright. Um, Greg Dulcich in 10 games has almost as many career receiving yards as Albert Okawegbunam does. Wow. So for as much as the tools are there for Albert O, and we've known that since he came out of Missouri, putting it all together is incomplete. Now, now being behind... Dallas Goddard and having a chance to um, not be a feature tight end, but be another athletic piece for Philly and what that offense is going to allow you to do. And Albert has size. So uh, he's a great run blocker, but having the size with the quarterback run game and play action pass off of that. Like I, I think this is a really good opportunity for Albert in the midst of Philly's tight end room. And it adds more upside where I think Jack Stoll's a high floor player. I don't think he's ever going to move the needle for you with the ball in his hands. Yeah. I like the trade for the Eagles. One more trade real quick here. Kendrick green, the recent third round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers started mm-hmm. all of the games as a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's now a Houston Texans, the Texans sending a 2025 six round pick to Pittsburgh. And so we've seen Houston and obviously this, a lot of this has to do with Kenyon green first round pick last year. He's out for the yeah. year. Hate to yeah. see that. And Houston's been super deliberate with this, this offensive line, the extension for Tunsil extension done for, awesome ha- for Howard. They traded Trade for Mason. Jack Mason and they extended them. I think. Yeah. They're, I mean, they are, they're not messing around with the old line. Pittsburgh Steelers fans are going to tell you that Kendrick Green stinks, right? I mean, we've already I've already seen this on the timeline. Like they're so happy to move on from him. young toolsy player. A situation where I think they really care about offensive. Line. I'm not saying the Steelers haven't cared about it, but sometimes a little change of scenery. I'm optimistic for him, an yeah. athletic guy coming out of Illinois. How about Pittsburgh being in a position to in consecutive tra- days? Unbelievable, trade Kendrick Green and and Kevin Dotson. Unbelievable. Yeah, they they got real serious about the O-line in, in, in Pittsburgh as well. So um, stash the O-line. It's a good thing. What I think is interesting about the Kendrick Green train, and I know, I know we got to go uh, to our next segment, is it's a, you said it was a 2025-6, right? Yep. What world are we living in where Dan Feeney nets a better return? Because the Dolphins got a 2024-6 from Chicago for Dan Feeney. And Kendrick Green, you got to wait a year to get the sixth round pick. I don't know. But Wild. The the point being, get offensive linemen, Load protect up yourself, them. and then trade away the stuff you don't need Just because teams pay for it. If they're moderately athletic and they can right. play more than one spot, you can trade that player every year. Yeah. So <laughs> do it. All right. Stick with us, folks. We are going to talk about uh, that Jonathan There's Taylor guy the and the, the nothing burger that happened yeah. yesterday. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mm. 
This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Colts fans are upset with me, Joe. I see a little rivalry brewing. I don't think so. No, um, you don't think so? I feel no. like they're mad at you. I'll just wait until Jonathan Taylor leaves for next to nothing and mm. make one comment and that'll be it. Because Jonathan Taylor don't want to play for you. And like the dynamics of this situation, I know it's centered around money. I know it's not really Jim Ursay. I know it's the the agent that's come in and has become the pinata in the press for turning this team first guy against the shoe, right? And, and that's the book is this agent has corrupted Jonathan Taylor's mind. But guess what? He just signed this agent. This is going to be his representation. And Jonathan Taylor between the ankle and then the mysterious back injury that we needed to, to rehab away from the team. And you give him permission to go out and get a trade. And there's two teams. There's the mystery team. I've heard some whispers who the mystery team is, but not with enough confidence to say anything here. Uh, Miami's obviously very interested. So this I was following this very closely. And then the trade deadline comes and goes. And the Colts never feel like they got a substantial offer. So they put Jonathan Taylor on the PUP and we can revisit this at the trade deadline after Jonathan Taylor doesn't play the first four weeks of the season. And now you're trading for half a season instead of a full season. Okay. Value is not going to be as strong. Correct. What, what, team, is desperation. You, what team is going to give you more at the trade deadline? I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think that would be true. I, but at the same time, I mean, Christian McCaffrey got a pretty good return last year for Carolina. Yes, he did. So I think the best case scenario for Indianapolis, if if you're going to be committed to moving on, is that you get the same caliber offers that you get now. But Stephen Holder from ESPN is going on Indianapolis radio saying the Colts are asking for Jalen Waddle and a mid-round pick for Jonathan Taylor. That's that's just nuts, right? It's insane. I mean, so, you know, Waddle's the best chip there. Waddle's a, a more right. valuable you, NFL player than Jonathan. You Taylor. would need to send Jonathan Taylor and a pick in return for Jalen Waddle, not the other way around. Yeah, like in a, a meaningful pick. Correct. On early like pick. A four, a three or a four. Like I'm, I'm also not even having that conversation. If I'm interested in trading for Jonathan Taylor and you start mentioning the word Jalen Waddle, I'm hanging up the phone. Like get out of here with that. And I know Dolphins fans are frustrated because there's been this pursuit of all these running backs and Jonathan Taylor comes and goes at a self-imposed deadline by the Colts. You don't want to get in business with that. Absolutely not. So the Colts, it feels like the Colts are not really, weren't really serious about trading them all along. And that's fine. But 
Like, this isn't going to just go away. This isn't going to resolve itself. Well, if you trade them, it does, and they right. decided to but, not but, do that. But if you're if you're fielding fielding offers for a trade, and you're not really serious about trading him, because you don't really want to trade him, like the longer this goes, the worse your leverage is going to get. They're they have to be sitting back, hoping for injuries and desperation. But Joe, the, the Colts Colts fans are telling you, and some in the Colts beat say the the. Colts don't want to trade Jonathan Taylor. Well, so here's the other side of this, right? I mean, right now, Jonathan Taylor is the hot name in the running back markets for a trade. And I know that the Titans are going to go 17 and 0, but what if they don't? And Derrick Henry's now on the trade block. And what if things are getting sloppy with the Raiders and they want to move on from Jacobs and he becomes on the trade block? You know, I mean, there's just there's other guys here that you can consider not to mention Kareem Hunt still unsigned. Leonard Fournette is still unsigned. So if you really need a running back, you know, obviously there's the best one is Jonathan Taylor. It's the most attractive one by a billion. But I, I, I think Josh the waiting Jacobs game might not really help him in case to being a more attractive player. Maybe he's also young. He had less college mileage on his tires. Way less. Way less. He does start. not have the he does not have the injury questions that Jonathan Taylor does now because he's going to start on PUP and we have to ask ourselves is he really hurt is he just holding in We'll see It's a mess but uh, I would say this to Colts fans you, you should be just as frustrated by this and not for the fact that Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to play for your team and I get it nobody nobody who's a fan of any team wants to have people come on a show and say your team screwed up so I get I get it. But if you look at this objectively through where the Colts are, there's all these headlines. The Colts are the youngest team in the NFL, 24.6 years old. They don't have any players over the age of 30 on their roster for their 53-man roster. And you have a rookie quarterback, and you've got a running back in a final year of his contract that you want to pay, but you don't want to pay until you see him in the new system and you see that he's healthy, and then – you give him a permission to trade because he don't want to play for you anymore because he wants to go somewhere else and get paid. And that's how you handle the trade negotiations. So then you're going to keep him on PUP. It's like, what are we doing? We're doing nothing. And I don't see the pathway for this just going away. Like, How much money do you have to give Jonathan Taylor for him to be like, okay, you're right. I'm happy. 17. Right. 17. Per. That prop that's probably and, what it takes. And if, if you do that, okay. Then you can have your cake and eat it too. And I'll tip my cap for you guys for going through the the stormy waters of what you've been going through. But it's this is a high, high, high risk. There, there's a lot of ways that this can combust and blow up in your face. Don't want any blowing up with Lucas Oil Stadium. You know what I mean. What what, ha- what happens if if Taylor doesn't play at all? What happens if Taylor stays on the PUP and his contract doesn't toll? And now he's in his he's in his fifth year, but he's really in the fourth year of his contract. And you're in this position all all over. Well, they, they'd have to activate him and then put the ball in his court, whether or not he's going to participate. Right. That's that's what they'll do. Wouldn't you think? Do you want that kind of toxic? I don't want it. I wouldn't right. want it. Right. I would, I, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't want with the John of the Taylor stuff. So it's right. complicated. It's very complicated. But 
we just got done talking about with guys who have not been successful. Sometimes a chain of injury is best for everybody. And it, it still, from my perspective as somebody who looks at team building across all teams, not just trade them to somebody else. Like don't trade them to Miami. I don't care. But if you're a Colts fan, I'd be pretty annoyed this morning. Jonathan Taylor, what, 46 career games, averaging over 100 yards from scrimmage per game. I think he's got like 38 touchdowns in 46 games. He's a star, man, superstar. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. That's not good for the dynasty owners, the people that did their fantasy drafts already. They're pissed. (laughs) You're talking about people that are mad. Those people are mad. First four weeks at least. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, That's going to do it for us here today on the show. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We are locked on NFL Scouting. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, There's a lot of action still coming, a lot of roster churning, so we'll be reacting to all of that as it comes as well. We'll see if we get any other trades this week as well. Hope to react to some of those. Those are always fun. Uh, But big time of year across the NFL as we get ready for the start of the 2023 NFL season. Eight days away today, Joe. Eight days away from the season. Can't wait. Can't wait. Our Lions, baby. Our Lions. Our Lions. That's right. We are out of here. Hope to talk to you all again. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.